Um, and, and to our brotherly love, he said, love, agape love. The, the, the culmination of putting together virtues that will come together in, in love, agape love. And then he goes on to say that if you have these things um, in abundance, then you will never be uh, idle or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you lack these things, you will be blind or you are blind and you are nearsighted or you cannot see far and you have forgotten that you were purged from past sins. Then he goes on to say some of, some of these things about that uh, if you do these things, you shall never fall. And he goes on to say that uh, you will have an abundant entrance uh, prepared for you into the eternal kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, and so on and so forth. Then, um, in, toward the end of the first chapter, he speaks about uh, the idea that uh, there are several testimonies that he hasn't spoken because of fables that he heard, or that now he goes to the, instead of me or I or you, he talks about we, that we haven't spoken uh, because we heard some fables or some myths or some stories, we have spoken because we have, we are eyewitnesses to something. We were eyewitnesses to the glory of Jesus Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration. And he said, we, because one, he wants the people to know that it was just, he was not just by himself. If there's a testimony of one person, that's one thing. But if there's a witness of three people, that's another thing. So he was talking about the Mount of Transfiguration where he, James, and John so Jesus in glory. And not only that that he said, he said, not only did you see him in glory, and therefore we were eyewitnesses, but also we heard the voice of the Father personally ourselves. Then he goes on to say that there's a, a more sure testimony even than this. The word of God that uh, prophets that spoke and of the word of God, we have an even more sure testimony than what we have seen that we were eyewitnesses to. And I explained to you that eyewitnesses many times are uh, subjective many times. Uh, because eyewitnessing means you see it with your own eyes, yes. But you might be uh, influenced by maybe other people that were with you. Or you were influenced by your sentiment, your mood, uh, the circumstances that you were finding yourself in. And you give eyewitness testimony on the basis of that potentially. But the written word of God, that which the prophet spoke and was written down, obviously speaking of the Old Testament because they didn't have the New Testament yet at that time, that is a more sure testimony even Amen. than what we saw on the mount, the holy mount. Because he says that the, the scriptures, he talks about a private interpretation, and we talked about the idea that when, there is, when it comes to a prophecy, there is three parties involved. The... The person who hears or reads the prophecy, yes? The hears. That is us in this scenario. Then you have the prophet, the one who heard directly from God, either spoke it or wrote it down, and he is the prophet. And then you have the source of the prophecy. In this, in this scenario, of course, when it comes to the prophecy of God, is the Holy Spirit, yes? So in these three parties, he is saying there is no private interpretation, uh, and people are wondering, what is the private interpretation? Is it the, the reader? Is it the prophet? Is it the Holy Spirit? No, it is the Holy Spirit. He is saying, 
And if it's not from the Holy Spirit, you don't have a way of privately making a prophecy. So, do the other two, uh, uh, are the other two also part of the equation? Yes, they are part of the equation because he says that the prophet, when he hears from God, he needs to write. He cannot just interpret it privately. He has to write what he hears from God. And the reader cannot have his own idea about a prophecy. Well, to me it means this or to me it means that. It doesn't matter what it means to you. It matters what it means to God. Amen. God said so, so it is. Somebody says, God says, said so, so I believe it. It is true and I believe it. Uh, 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 when God says so, whether you believe it or not, it is true. Amen. That's where we find ourselves. Now we're getting to the second chapter. And he has just introduced to us the fact that there were a more sure a witness in the sense that there were prophets that spoke. And he, he defined somewhat what a prophet was. A prophet was a man, a holy man of God, who spoke being moved by the Holy Spirit. If you're not moved by the Holy Spirit, you can speak, but it's not a prophecy. And a prophet is not just somebody who says that they're a prophet. God decides whether you're a prophet or not. Amen. So, then he goes on to say that the, prophecy, the prophets that he's talking about there were people involved with these prophets. And among those people, there were even false prophets. Okay? So now we are in verse 1, chapter 2. Verse 1, chapter 2 says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly... So now this is 2,000 years ago, Yes? So when he says there will be false teachers among you, we're part of that group. There will be. Okay? Just as there were false prophets then, we will have false teachers. Call them prophets if you want to. False teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. This, this warrants some looking at. There will be there were false prophets, and there will be false teachers among you. Um, you know, recently, there were some false alarms concerning nuclear activity there in Hawaii. And people, whoo, they took it as for real. Well, this is not a, a false alarm. This is an alarm regarding falsehood. This is an alarm, and it's not a false alarm. Peter, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. This is an apostle with apostolic authority, spending, devoting more than a chapter. Chapter 2 through 3, 3. He is speaking concerning false teachers and a slew of information concerning false teachers. He, this is not just a few verses that he devoted to this. Now, a few verses is important enough. But a chapter and then some, I think he wants us to pay attention. Amen. Don't you? So, more than a chapter he's devoting. And I am saying, my dear brothers and sisters, if we don't heed the warning, we are of all people foolish. 
Now, let me just give you an example. Um, I used to teach a young lady tennis. Many young ladies, but this particular young lady. And she had moved out of town, but she came back in town to visit her father. And she wanted a tennis lesson. I've taught her since she was six years old. So now that she's a, 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 a college uh, student, she wanted to come and, and, and have another lesson and so on and so forth. So I had talked to her father many times about the Lord. And um, uh, uh, he was a very gifted mer- uh, um, a surgeon, brain surgeon. And I didn't want anything to know about, about the Lord. But he had, this is a little bit of a side story, okay? I, I, he had bought a sailboat. <coughs> he wanted to be on a sailboat. And he says to me, one time I was in the sea. All I could see around me was water. Wherever I looked, there was water. And there came a storm. And I realized right then and there, Kenny, if someone greater than me does not come to my aid, I'm done. I realized then there is somebody greater than me. Amen. And he told me, so I asked him questions. And he says, how are your sons doing? I say, well, they are on their way to Austin. They want to do some bungee jumping. He says, oh, really? He says, well, as a surgeon, I want to let you know. I have seen many of them that did a bungee jump and things went wrong. I have operated upon them. Brain damage, deaths, whatever. Tell your sons. I called my sons. They were on their way to Austin with some friends. And they were close to Austin with some friends. And I say, hey, Josh and Nate, you need to do me a favor. This is your dad having a request. Do not do it. Well, Dad, no, don't do it. Do it for me that you won't do it. And so they, they obeyed, and, and they took my advice. I was really thrilled by that because so, so often people don't take advice from their parents, especially when they are, you know, 19, 20 years old, and they think, yeah, I'm an hombre now, I'm a man now, and, uh, you know, I can do things on my own, I can make some of these, these decisions. But they honored me that way. And... Uh, and not too long later, there was, do you remember, there was a Super Bowl where they were going to do a bungee jump? You Google it. I'm telling you the truth. A bungee jump, and in the practice jump, poof, somebody died. Super Bowl. So these are people, these are not just small people that do a bunch of, a bunch of bungee jumps in wherever, in the jungle. Uh, this is an organized Millions of people going to watch jump, bungee jump. So I felt like that the warning that the doctor gave me, I need to extend to my sons. And I feel the stronger about the warning that the Holy Spirit gives us through Peter, that I get from Peter from reading, that I need to warn you, my dear brothers and sisters. False teachers will come on the scene. I'm not saying they'll come on the scene here, but they'll come on the scene among Christian folks. Uh, And unless you know the Word of God, 
you won't readily know or readily discern that these are false teachers. What is a false teacher? A false teacher is not somebody who disagrees, disagrees with you. Could be, but not necessarily so. Uh, there's many disagreements among Christian teaching, and not everybody that disagrees with you is, is a false teacher. Or maybe nobody disagrees with you is a false teacher. A false teacher is not somebody who, uh, in his immaturity, uh, they ask him to teach Sunday school, and, and, and nobody else was available, so he said, well, I'll do it. And in his immaturity, teaches things that are not 100% right. It's not necessarily a false teacher. A false teacher is a huge accusation. Don't just call somebody a false teacher because you disagree with him. Or just because he said something a little bit wrong. When it comes to a false teacher, it's about the big truths of the scriptures. And he, Peter, shows us here in a little bit some of those. The big truths of the scripture, for example. And they are red flags if they are not taught right. For example, if somebody denies Jesus Christ as Savior, that is about the biggest red flag. Make sure you heard things right. Make sure you were informed. And if you were informed right, and that person is denying the Lord Jesus Christ, run. Don't stick around. Yes. 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 True. Amen. Amen. Yes. On and on it goes. So, and of course, he's talking to those people over there, but he says there shall be false teachers. So he's also talking about the future. And he's trying to warn us that we, and, and we know that there have been many false teachers. And these are not false teachers, like Dr. Guthrie was saying, that uh, are many times obvious. Many times they're holding a Bible in their hand while they're deceiving you. Because if they were not holding a Bible in their hand, they might not deceive you, deceive you as somebody who goes to church or somebody who's a Christian or whatever. Uh, so, and, and so don't be gullible just because somebody holds a Bible. Don't be gullible just because somebody puts a cross on a building. Don't be gullible just because somebody's using a few Christian verses. Because they will... This is part of the, the, the whole remarkable situation. They know Scripture enough that they will be able to twist it and then give you answers with Scripture. And you're thinking, wow, this guy knows a lot. You know, I need to listen to him. Uh, let me not get ahead of myself and say this. False teachers. They, they shall, it says, and they, they will be false teachers, okay? Not that matter says they will come. Uh, 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 says they, they will arise false teachers. They will come uh, sometimes from within, sometimes from without. Uh, but they are false teachers, and it says, among you, this is us, yes? Not necessarily in this church here, but it could be that there appears a false teacher. Um, not, too long, uh, not too long ago, when I first came here in this church, at night, in the evening service, a man visited who thought he was Jesus. 
Yes. Well, yeah, in this scenario, let me answer that when I get there. Yes, Uh, because I'll I'll get there. Uh, So, yes, so false teachers among you who, the word who over here is not just to identify them, but it's also to describe them a little bit, who, this is who they are, this is what they want to do, this is part of their identity. This is not because they are um, nice guys, good Christian men that are uh, a little bit confused or whatever. I'll I, I make it more clear here in the next phrase that says, among you who secretly bring in destructive heresies and the, even denying the Lord. We'll get to that in just a little bit. They bring in secretly, they bring in destructive heresies. Uh, another translation would say, damnable heresies. That's just a translation, okay? I'm not saying bad words. Damnable heresies. Uh, They bring in teachings, and they are going to do it, like Dr. Goethe was saying, secretly, in a sly, smooth way, in a deceptive way, they bring in heresies. Doctrines that are not true. Secretly. And the word over here, to bring in, to bring in, has, in the original language, a particular sort of a meaning that they bring alongside some good teaching in a smooth and secret and uh, uh, hidden way. They bring alongside False teaching. So as to, if they just only bring in false teaching, somebody might pick it up right now. But they bring it alongside good teaching and merge the two a little bit. And you're thinking, if you have discernment, you're thinking by the Holy Spirit, huh, there is something wrong over here. But I can't put my finger on it. Many other people will just swallow the whole thing. Destructive heresies, my brothers and sisters, is what they will bring along with some decent teaching. And this is part of the deception. And I want to give you a few couple of examples here in just a little bit. Denying even, even, you know how I pay attention to, to, to all the words, even denying the Lord, who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction, even denying the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, young people, this is the red flags of red flags. Amen. Believe me, you're not old enough maybe to have heard some of these stories of some of these cults that have jumped up, that have sprung up all over the place, all over the world, including the United States. There is one on television right now. They're playing back the, uh, the Waco thing. Uh, David Koresh, who 
was more fluent in the Bible than you could shake a stick at. He was unbelievable. But he was a false prophet. He called himself the Messiah. My dear brothers and sisters, that's another big red flag. When somebody calls themselves the Messiah, run. Amen. There is no other Messiah than Jesus Christ. Amen. You go. The problem is, often their teachings are so sly and so smooth, they get you in, then you cannot get out. By threat of life, you're going to get out. So they, 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 they got you. Everything looks hunky-dory. And then not only do they deny Christ, they think that they are a, 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 a special prophet or a messiah, um, then they become involved. I, I will get that in just a second, but let me just go ahead a little, just a little bit. They become involved in immoral conduct. We'll, we'll get to that. And denying the Lord who bought them. So did not only did they deny the person of Jesus Christ, they also denied the work that he did on the cross because he bought them. Now, my brothers and sisters, that needs a little bit of attention, yes? Because, let me ask you this question. If you are denying the Lord Jesus Christ, are you a Christian? No. Say with conviction. No. You're denying the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> How can you be a Christian? Amen. I haven't convinced you. It looks like when I'm looking at the faces. You have still questions on your my forehead. They are denying him even though he bought their salvation. He died for them on the cross as well. Yes? He died for everyone on the cross. But not everyone is going to believe him. Some are even going to deny him. They're not just neutral about it. They are speaking against him. No, no, Jesus, no. Brothers and sisters, when I was thinking about this, just pondering, you know, how I have my quiet time and I just lean back and I ponder and I'm thinking, my mind is going over situations how many, how many have been led astray? Yeah, let's get to that. So he, he, he bought them, but they didn't believe. They actually denied him. And bring on themselves swift destruction. Let's see verse 3, and then I think I'm going to go back to verse 2. Can you put verse 3 really quick? Okay, let's go back to 2. Um, <clears throat> so we think in our minds, if you're not familiar with some of these things that have happened, let me just give you two examples. We talked about David Koresh uh, not, not too long ago. David Koresh, who claimed to be the Messiah, Led people astray in all kinds of ways. Not only in false teaching, but also in immorality. Amen. Sleeping with other people's wives and women that were not his wife. 
So if you didn't get the first two red flags or the first three red flags, at least, at least this is the red flag that you heard in the camp that the leader, whoever he was, slept with somebody else's wife. Get away if you can. It might be too late because it's difficult to get away. But if you can, get gone because only destruction awaits you. We'll get to that in just a little bit. So, Koresh. And then over 70 people burned in an inferno. Among them, 25 children because of a false teacher. Now, I don't mind burning in an inferno for Jesus. Because somebody has an objection to what or whatever, and I, I have to give my life for Jesus. But for a false teacher? Are you kidding me? So they burned in the inferno, and who knows where else they burned? I don't know. I don't know how many of those people were themselves Christian, but being led astray by a false teacher, but they were Christians themselves. I don't know how many. Then you have another scenario, a guy named Jim Jones. He started a group called the People's Temple, wasn't it? The People's Temple. And um, he got some heat in California, in San Francisco, over there. Then he tried to take the people to South America and promised them utopia in the jungle of Guyana. only to find death and forced suicide. 900 of them died in forced suicide. And my mind goes, 900? Are you kidding? How, how, how many people ultimately followed him? My dear brothers and sisters, I know this is not a message about love. I'm, I'm just talking about the scriptures that Peter gave us. Thank you, because that's how I feel about it. Thank you. You could hardly say that I love you if I'm not warning you like Peter is warning us. And having been not up close to these things, but close enough that I've been following them because these were in my lifetime. And most of the time I was already sort of an adult, maybe 19 years old, and then more recently uh, David Koresh. And... The people that tried to get away, they couldn't get away. A few barely escaped. Had to tread through the jungle for days and to get to a place where they were safe. The rest of them? And the thing that comes to my mind is... And many, well, uh, can you go back to one? I'm sorry. I, I, I was in one, wasn't I? I? I apologize. I was in one. And, and who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. Okay? Uh, these are the false teachers 
primarily that are spoken of, but some of them that are following him, they might also be destroyed. I'm not talking necessarily physically. They, they, he brings unto them swift destruction. Now, themselves, is the word themselves over there? Themselves. So who is doing the destructing? God will destroy them. They don't belong to Jesus Christ. They lead other people in falsehood. They, he will destroy them, but it is because they brought on to themselves. Okay, let me just give you an example so you can see. In, in the third chapter of, of, of Second Peter, he says that, that he is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Do all people come to repentance? He was not willing. They brought it upon themselves when they don't repent that they shall perish. It's in the economy of God. If you don't believe, you will perish. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you don't believe in him, you sh- you, that's, that's, that's the way. So, but these false teachers is what we're, what we're focusing on over here. It's a bad deal. Don't, don't bite on these things. Don't go for these things. If you have questions, ask someone who will be able to give you godly counsel. The problem is this. Many times, the people that are following somebody like that, um, they are already many times convinced. So you coming to talk to them, you have a secondary voice. They're, they're not believing you. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, why is this so? Because it says then the next verse says this. The next verse says this. Many will follow, and many will follow their destructive ways. And the word follow over there in the original language has the idea they are not just following a little bit. Many will follow all the way. That's part of what is inherent to it. Uh, And if it was just a few would make me sad. But many, many will be deceived. Many will follow their destructive ways. Um, many. These are false teachers. And I'm thinking, where are the followers of the true teachers? And I'm thinking, so where lies the blame? If there is any blame of why these people are following these teachers, false teachers with destructive ways. You have a suggestion? Well, I have a suggestion. Uh, 
There are many reasons why, I believe. It could be that they grew up in an environment like this, and so they had no other teaching. It could be that this is the rebellious way of doing things. But it could also be that some of these people were rejected by the church and so found themselves another group, be it a gang or be it a false teacher, to find acceptance. And this was close enough because it reminded them of the teaching where they were chased out. Am I just a lunatic saying this? I know because I've heard of those from those people. Some of those people. That's why they are of, are, are of church. Now, I'm not going to say the church is to, is, is to blame for everything, but I'm saying we need to carry a little bit of the blame because we need to, tell, we need to help people that are difficult people. They need to be able to come over here and be ministered to. And be ministered to. If we just want to have a perfect country club, hey, have at it. But if we can be a hospital for people that are hurting, and people that are difficult, let's bring them in. And let's teach them the ways of the Lord. Because He will make a difference. He will make a way. That's the truth. Because of whom, uh, of whom the way of truth will also be blasphemed. So, these people, these false teachers and their followers, they now bring a bad name to Christianity. They bring now, they put the church in, in disrepute and they discredit the faith. Verse 3. We just go through 3a and then 3b uh, starts to talk about judgment. I've talked a little bit about judgment already, so <laughs> that might be enough for, for today. Uh, by covenants, they, shall, they will exploit you with deceptive words. This is what it means. There's different translations, and you get different words, but it has to do with greed, and it has to do with taking advantage of, exploit, and it, will, it has to do with deceptive words. They don't tell you the truth. They are false teachers. They are in a real way, agents of Satan. Satan is the deceiver. Yes? Amen. The master deceiver. So they come with deceptive ways and, 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 and hide behind certain things and they, they speak words to convince you and they do convince you, not you maybe, but, but those who are being convinced and, and, and persuaded. And, and, uh, but they take advantage of you. They want your money. <laughs> they want your money. Now, I'm glad that in this church, we put the budget for everybody to see. Everybody sees what goes on with all the money. And that's the way it ought to be. That's not the way it is in in the experience that I have with nine out of ten churches, this is not the way it is. But I think that it should be in the light. Everything that we do should be in the light. No deceptive stuff, no secret business, no nothing. Everything is in the light. People can go right there and find out 
what is paid to the secretary, what is paid to the pastor, what is paid to the assistant pastor, how much you spend on missions, what the percentage might be, blah, 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 blah. blah. It's all right there. So, but it says over here, they want your money. They, they do a good talk. They talk a little bit about scripture, and maybe they do some good teaching, and then poof, they swing around, they come, whoop, and put the hook on you for the money. And the money is not necessarily for missions, brothers and sisters. The money is for them. Not only is the money for them, then they buy nice things. I'm not talking about people who have nice things, okay? I'm talking about the false teachers, okay? There's good teachers that are pastors of big churches. They get a big salary. They buy nice things than they ought to. No problem. I'm not talking about nice things or against the nice things. I'm talking about the false teachers that exploit you for the money and they buy nice things and then they use those nice things to convince you that they are doing it right because if you do it like they do it, then you could have those nice things too. So give me more money. This is the way you need to do it. And if you give me more money, then you can have those nice things because God is going to bless you like that. Uh, there's some to, something to that teaching, but hey, if you're doing false teaching, then it's false in the first place. My dear brothers and sisters, I was sad and glad when I was preparing for this sermon. Sad as to how many people bite. Many will follow. Glad. Because Peter warned us. My dear brothers and sisters, heed the warning of Peter. Go read it for yourself, if you like. Go study it for yourself. Get a Greek commentary and go check it out. If I didn't tell you the truth today. Because I did. And Peter is telling us, that these type of things are going to happen and actually are happening and have already happened. So, my, one more word of encouragement, then I'm through. Read the Word of God so you would know it so that not any clown can come and deceive you. Would you do that?